The Live Review Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Lavian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 355 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, everybody's back. We have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ed Levice, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. We're back, baby! That's right. Brace yourselves, everybody. We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Everybody's back, Colin. Everybody's back. Hello. And we also have our Staff Liaison Officer, Commander Psyket. Forgive me for not jumping for joy. Bad back, you know. <laughs> oh, dear. If you wish, you can join us live. I do believe we're hanging out in game somewhere, Ben, are we? I am at a little known location called Oaken Point at the moment. About to turn daytime, I think. I've been watching the sun slowly creep down the hills. We'll leave you there for that. So if you want, you can try and find Ben at Oaken Point. Otherwise, if you can't get to us in game, you can join us in the Twitch chat. Hi to the Twitch chat, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. You click on the live chat, go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio. Or we're live on YouTube and we're live on Facebook. So uh, we'll just quickly go around the teams, see how they've been for the last couple of weeks, because uh, school holidays, what can you say? Um, so we'll we'll start with Commander Psykit. How have you been for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Um, I've been doing lots of gardening and buying too many plants. Um it's it, and painting fences and buying lots of pretty um, outdoor furnishings and all of that good stuff. Um, in in game, I I I've been where Ben is right now and followed that trail. That was exciting. <laughs> all right. Is the reason why the gardening is because you got a, is that why you got so back then? Nah, nah. I've always got so back. <laughs> oh right. Okay. Fair enough then. Um, Ben, welcome back. It's been a while. You have been missed, but then again, we can reload. Yeah, I've been missed like genital warts or something like that. I don't know. I've never had them. 
Neither have I, but I'm sure they'd be Mr. Cad. Uh, yeah, I think it has been, as you know, as you were saying earlier, lots of family stuff. Um, not so much playing video games. Uh, visiting our nation's capital, which was better than expected, I guess. Had some had some nice experiences there. Had some shitty experiences there. Um, <laughs> as our tech has just said, I've been missed like a splurge on a white spacesuit. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of what things I can get into. Uh, we visited the M M&M and M shop. That was smelly in a good way. Right. Um, gotcha. Nearly got pickpockets, pickpocketed, um, but managed to avoid that. Just oh, tell us, tell us. What? Well, basically, I, I felt somebody trying to grope me in Leicester Square. Um, Why you didn't let them? That's the first. I know. I just I, I went for a reach around first. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, but yeah. So you know, you, you, you know how you know what it's like. You feel somebody like just that bump into you, but the bump is in a very that's my pocket kind of way. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, right. What what part of your precious were they after? I think they were just seeing if I had anything in my wallet in my in my pocket, but thankfully I don't keep things in my pockets. Right. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. But nothing got taken, so that's all good. Yeah, you got um, a free, free fill-up, I suppose. Yeah. Um, didn't manage to lose the daughter either, uh, despite her trying very hard to. Uh, the wife so you got... failed, then? You failed to lose no, your daughter? No, 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 the daughter was the one who was trying to trying to get lost, but, you know, we, we, we managed to keep her on the leash. Um, paid... For very very overpriced drinks, but we enjoyed them, so that was okay. Um, and that's just London. Yeah, it's London. Um, it's just a, you have to be prepared for that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the wife saw various George Michael things. We did try saying he's gay. She didn't care. He's also dead. She didn't care about that either, for that matter. Um, you know, I keep on forgetting that. It's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> what he's dead? Yeah, I'm gay. No, yeah. no, I knew he was, but I knew he was gay. But I keep on forgetting he's dead. It's yeah. one of these weird things. It's like David Bowie. I keep on forgetting he's dead as well for oh, some yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went on half a bus tour. Um, oh, that, bus yeah, tour. that's a bit of a sore point. Um, we all, oh yeah, we also got caught up in a in a rally or a riot. Not right. Yeah, Take yeah, rebellion people. Yeah, um, what did you say there, Shan? Was it the Extinction Rebellion? If one of you speaks, I might hear it. <laughs> Go on, Sean. Extinction Rebellion. Yes, them. Uh, they were they were basically marching down Oxford Street and Regent Street, whilst the bus we were on was trying to go down there. Um, and basically, then we had to get off the bus, and the wife. Uh, we had to get off the bus because of the daughter, and the bus never. We never managed to find it again. Basically. Is that one of those um, red tour buses where you get yeah. things in use? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Bad experience um, with those. <laughs> yeah, I was I was enjoying it while we were on it. Um but the rap didn't work right for telling us where the hell the bus was. Their communication with the chat now thing or phone numbers just didn't work. Uh we spent about forty minutes waiting at one of their bus stops to rejoin the tour uh, after traffic had got on flowing again and everything like that. Uh, and their bus never showed up. Uh, we tried complaining to it and it was like, well, 
you know, there was a there was a thing going on. What we can't we can't be responsible for that. And I'm like, yeah, but what can you be responsible for? You know, you couldn't even t- you you can at least be responsible for your app working. <laughs> it, it sounds like or answering was, the phone. That'd be a nice thing. It sounds like it's one of those uh, apprentice events, you know, where they put all the apprentices and they have to do a bus tour. That's what it sounds like. I don't know. Um, it was what it was. The apprentice scheme does bus stops. No, no, no. On the apprentice, they get like they have to do a bus tour, don't they? And remember. And I don't know. I don't watch The Apprentice. I guess that's a Shan thing. It might be. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It, it was what it was, and I, we enjoyed it. So that's all right. Uh, oh, I also had a. I also went to the Hard Rock Cafe and had a damn good steak, which honestly surprised me because I, I was expecting mediocre at best, and it was actually bloody fine. Bloody fine. A bloody fine steak. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Sean. What have you been up to for the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, in game, I have been um, taking all the modules off my carrier and all the ships off my carrier because I'm going to um, take it to weedbyanycarrier.com and uh, sell it. I don't use it; it's just sitting there using up my money and my time I've spent on my money. So I might as well get rid of it. So. It's going up on We Buy Any Carrier. And uh, so, yeah. So that's what I've been doing in-game, preparing to sell it. Um, in real life, let me see, I have been doing the horrible jobs now because I know that when it gets winter time, I'll end up up a ladder cleaning drains out in the wind and the cold and the dark because they've got blocks. So I thought, well, I may as well do them now when there's a bit of sun. And um, today, I got an invitation to um, be interviewed for television. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to be on um, on the. Does this on mean the, you're going to be coming out? So I'm going to be on the local news um, where they're going to ask me about electric vehicles and Teslas and whatnot. Okay, yeah. Um, and there was me thinking it was going to be man worries alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you can even say the word, Colin. You ha- you haven't got a black armband. I was surprised sobbing. that you. I'm surprised that it wasn't the first thing you mentioned, Shan. I heard it in the car today, and my husband turned to me and he went, "I bet you Shan's going to mention that tonight." No, oh, no, I, no, no. I wasn't. see. See, it's Shan that's just obsessed with the alpacas. It's not me. Um, He's always the see. one that brings it up. Let me just see. You brought the thing out, Colin, up first, and Ben actually knew the name. So, you know, that's kind of both arguments shot. Anyway, so tomorrow, um, the ITV people are coming around with the camera crew and whatnot are going to interview me, apparently. So I need to be very careful and not say anything that can be edited to have the narrative of the actual interview wants to come out. So I'm, I'm currently thinking of things to say in the interview and things like that. So we were on for a full-on shenanigans interview, are we? No, no. Well, I I don't think it'll be very long because the local news is only like 20 minutes. So, you know, I'm not going to be on there for more than about three minutes. So it'll be a blink and you miss it. But my my parents, well, my mum has already started the gossip round. So I expect the viewing figures will treble to six people rather than two uh, next when it's on next week but yeah i'm quite i'm quite looking forward to it really um 
So, and of course, I can bring my considerable media and professionalism experience from doing this show to the local news. Yeah, God help us there. Uh, little Big Ian in the chat has uh, reminded you to make sure you remove your anime anime ladies pictures from your Tesla. Um, I, I don't well, know. If you say that, I had I had all sorts of silly ideas. Like I was going to I was going to print out pictures of Elon and like put them on the car and. Uh, and, and make sure you have a live radio banner casually sitting somewhere on the net on the bumper or something. We don't sell live radio bumper stickers, do we? <laughs> no, we should. We should, as advertised by Shan. <laughs> my, yeah. You have some like my other car as an adder or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that would be a real uplifting one, wouldn't it? Anyway, uh, right. Let's let's see what has been happening in in the world of me for the last couple of weeks. I've actually been away in a foreign country. Which well, Scotland. Is Scotland. <laughs> no, Madeira, actually, where the cakes oh, and Renault. Get back. Yeah, we managed to get back even wow. though the paperwork was unbelievable. How, how come you're not locked up in a hotel somewhere? Because it's a green zone and we've had our day two tests and we're all vaccinated. So what was the... Um... I'm genuinely interested because we quite like to go to France at some point in time, etc. So, did you have to pay a fortune for the PCR tests? The, the the tests cost a fortune. It added an extra five hundred quid on top of of what should be a, a reasonably cheap one week away holiday. So it's that's for four um, of you. That's for four of us. Yes, actually six of us went. So you can imagine how much it cost the entire party. So. 750 on top so i would not reckon you know i wouldn't recommend it and i do want to know how many blooming government ministers have shares in those companies i'll tell you well if you if you believe this is merkel it's testing is going to be completely irrelevant soon so go next well well we all did our day two tests and basically coughed up a whole lot of phlegm because you got to stick the bloody thing right up your nose and all that kind of stuff so and are you self-isolating now are you in quarantine for 10 days? nope not in quarantine um you have to quarantine if you come back from uh, a an amber or a red zone but if you come back from a green zone where madeira is then um you're fine so could you not go from an amber and a red list country into a green list country and then bypass the whole lot of it um you know you have to declare uh which countries you've passed through so I mean, you, you, can. Yeah, you could you could cheat the form yes but uh to tell you the truth you still end up having to do the day, the day two test regardless and that will show up any kind of coronavirus if you picked it up oh i forgot to mention sorry one thing i did do this weekend i was completely gripped with excitement at the belgian grand prix <laughs> you should mention that me, uh, me and my um, son have been watching the Drive to Survive documentaries on uh, Netflix so we thought right we'll sit down and watch the Belgian Grand Prix this should be good oh dear <laughs> anyway. I saw a really did good something YouTube. happen during the Belgian Grand Prix that I'm unaware of uh, yeah. basically it didn't oh. <laughs> it, it, it rained for seven hours um, because they have their, their cars can't drive in the rain. No, they can't. Not, not like that. Anyway, so what happened was they uh, they started the in quotes race behind the safety car. Mm. Did <laughs> did two laps where no one was allowed to overtake behind the safety car, so like at fifty miles an hour, and then go right. That, that was a good race. Well done. 
Here's some pointers. <laughs> and that's it. So, um, yes, not F1's better finest hour, to be honest, but um, still, what can you do? Um, and oh, well, did uh, anyone I'm, get Corona at it? I have no idea. Uh, Unless it's waterborne, no. <laughs> yes, probably got Corona got drowned. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I have some bad news to the fans of, of Thumper the Bunny. Uh, oh, no. This, this morning, I basically had to fend off a fox trying to get into the. Uh, get into this his poor hutch. Um, I'm afraid to say he had a he had a very very scared little bunny rabbit today. So um, he seems to be fine now. But all oh. all his, his heart's okay then. Yeah, his heart's okay. But of course, once the fox a fox works out, you've got a bunny in a hutch. Then we're going to have to watch that very carefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to shoot so, the fox, but I'm going to shoot him with. So is Thumper the Xeno bunny? Yes. Oh, we, we know people who have many guns. <laughs> so that's it. So here's a serious tip, um, Colin. What you do, put a put a webcam in the hutch. So when the fox gets in, you can oh. then put it on YouTube. Right. I think um, I think YouTube frown on stuff like that. I think they're all content warnings. Definitely don't put it made for kids. <laughs> so how come yeah. there's a rabbit? Um, to all those who think that the Xeno bunny should basically melt the fox, I'm afraid to say um, his abilities have been exaggerated. Just pointing that one out. I've been reading the Alien Extended Universe stuff and thinking Xeno bunny every single time I hear anything. Uh, but actually, I'm quite enjoying their Extended Universe because uh, I'm trying to figure out how the hell you get from Prometheus through Covenant to the start of Alien. And I still haven't figured it out. Well, that's because the writers haven't figured it out. Possibly, yeah. But I'm enjoying the reuse stuff anyway. And XPNX is suggesting Colin just has some rabbit stew for dinner. I, I had I, I had to kill um, my pet rabbit when I was younger. Oh, well, this is joyous. It explains a lot, actually. No, what happened was Miffy and Jubilee, my brother's rabbit was called Miffy because there was a little rabbit called Miffy, and Jubilee was named after Jubilee for the Queen's Jubilee. They sadly got myxomatosis. Oh, no. Oh, oh, man. Okay, but I think that's enough um, bunny violence for the moment. Let us move on to, to talking about stuff in space. <laughs> Chris, Chris made a good comment, though. Oh, what do you say? That's why the, villains shouldn't have origin stories. That's amazing. <laughs> meanwhile, in space, what has been happening this week? We have uh, two big updates well one big update which is uh uh the developer update three which came this week but we're going to quickly talk about uh the stuff that they had in the super cruise news the previous week and they announced some of it today the first big one is that they're making some changes to uh some quite big changes to the um combat zones the on foot combat zones uh the big news about this one is they are adding anti-vehicle turrets, um, rocket launcher troops, and NPC ships are all coming to the conflict zones in the in update 7, which is the next update. Um, so, effectively, these anti-vehicle turrets uh, will fire both on SRVs and ships. Um, they defend... And I'm a little bit confused about who they're operated by, because obviously you've got two sides... So which ones are in charge of which? 
They're operated by, they're owned and run and managed and maintained by the defensive team. By the owning faction. Of yeah, the so let, let's pretend Lay Radio has a has a, a base that's under attack. Yeah. The turrets would be owned by Lay Radio and they would operate on Lay Radio team's behalf. But I don't think it matters because they basically seem to keep the area clear of everybody, I think. We'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, um, but it does seem that these these weapons can be temporarily disabled um, by uh, marauder suits cutting them open and uh, uh, overcharging them. So there are there are opportunities to disable them. Um, also, in addition to that, rocket launcher troops will be dropping in um, if SRVs turn up. If uh, if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken. And that means that, of course, it mean if you turn up in an SRV, obviously it means that there will be a counter to your SRV because one SRV can win the f- win a conflict zone quite easy, I found. Can we and, get Frontier, sorry, can we get Frontier to send us some royalties for the anti-ship, the anti-ship turrets you can take over and disable because that was something we were talking about. Well, it that's, a, that's the thing. Gameplay needed. But yeah, the start. problem is we can't take them over. I know that um, Ben, you specifically, you said that you you would love to actually remote control those turrets so you could manually fire on other people. Yeah, I did request that on the during the live stream and got pointedly ignored. But hey ho. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so it seemed the, the turrets are automatic only, um, and the other interesting thing was that NPC ships will be flying above the combat zones. So that means NPC, sh- and it's not just NPC ships restricted to um, the defensive faction, it's both factions, if I remember. Yeah, I, I saw that. So does that mean the NPC ships, I'm assuming that's correct, will be fired upon by these turrets? Because in, yeah, in the okay. light... Yeah, because in the live in the video I saw, they were making a big crawling. Oh, you can now dogfight above the above the war zone in your ship against these other ships. Well, mm. you kind of can't because there's these guns shooting at you. So well, you either have well, you either have the guns and the ship and no ships, or you see what I mean. It's kind of like you've you got. Why would I take my expensive ship into? a conflict zone well i'm going to get pp'd by op lasers before i can shoot many ships down only if you're attacking the the settlement it gives the defender the advantage which the def- in all and the historic the his the history of warfare the defender always seems to have the advantage so um it just seems natural that no okay um <laughs> uh let's see the in addition to those little updates they have said that there are are increasing the bookmarks and storage stored modules from 120 to 200 now they've also said that this is now at its maximum they've hit a server limit that means um uh they can't take it any further and there does seem to be a little bit of confusion about whether or not this is going to apply to horizons as well as odyssey um i think a couple of questions were asked about that in the chat but those seem to be missed um, and there also seemed to be a lick of paint for the station interiors, which we will be discussing in a bit. So with the stored modules and bookmarks, have they done for the bookmarks, have they allowed what I consider bookmark folders now? We have a favourites folder. 
We can yeah, we can move Bookmark to a favourites, but there's, there's not as far as I'm aware, there's nothing other than that. Okay, because one of the things I was hoping for is that you could like have a a folder that said I don't know expiration and a folder that said materials and a folder that maybe said uh, CGs or something, and you could store your bookmarks in that folder rather than just having a huge list of. No, it's a, it's a case of you have a huge list and then you have your favourites in a separate list. So there's, there's one degree of separation. Uh, right. Um, moving on from there. Uh, now, obviously, the uh, there was a Capture the Flag uh, uh, live stream, which I took part in. And unfortunately, I think I was on the losing team, uh, which also just happened to have... Um, Bruce and Zach on as well. Not saying that they're 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 bad at capture the flag, but it did feel like a bit of an uphill struggle. Yeah. So the capture the flag, Colin took part in a couple of yep. years ago and completely failed both to win and to kill the weak CMs. Um, we talked earlier about the turret video. It was a short one minute thirty eight of yeah. Bruce. Yeah, yeah. It's half narrating what the well talking over the turrets basically. Isn't he? Yeah, it came out as part of the developer update. Yeah. Um, Torrents go pew-pew, they're separate entities on their own power supply, which I found interesting, though it makes a lot of sense. It sounds like they're meant to be deployed by the defending team when their power goes down or something like that, so they're on their own independent power system. That's. Um, I'm not sure I like that, to be fair, um, because part of a strategy should be you take the power out and you take the turrets out as well in as an alternative strategy to running around individually shutting them down yeah but the power is automatically out on those uh if on uh on settlements or on on settlements yeah so there's there's no point in trying to take the power out that's why they've got the separate power supply because nothing else is working i guess that's, that's also what... why we've got the separate come here and get your power thing rather yep. than recharging at the wall mm. Although I don't know, has anybody ever tried charging up a? I have, yeah. I've gone to a few wall panels and gone, "Oh, I can get more power." Shit, it's out. No, what I meant was, has anybody actually tried to put a a power uh, converter or whatever they are into power, into the power station while that's happening in a conflict zone? In a conflict I, zone, I have not. There we go. There, there is a challenge for all those listening tonight. If you manage to find yourself in that situation, try it and see what happens. More just importantly, think. can you get it back at the end of the conflict then? <laughs> Probably not. Only, only use power regulators, which you find them. Um, yeah, only uh, use stolen ones. Yeah, that's the one. So that brings us on, obviously, to the big the big thing, which was the developer update number three. Obviously, there's an awful lot of stuff in this, so we'll take it um, one little bit at a time. First of all, they, they covered up um, a lot of the issues on the issue tracker. Um, number one being the lighting and illumination in Odyssey. Now, this this is um, seems to be a little bit of a sticking point between the community and uh, and Frontier at the moment because they've said that although they're marking it as fixed, they think that the, this one subject of lighting and illumination is too big uh, for one <laughs> issue in the issue tracker. So what they've done is they've marked this one as closed and individual 
items such as lighting not working at a uh, on a exterior station or fleet carriers and things like that will be raised as separate issues. Um, personally, I don't know. I was quite happy with the lighting in, in Update 6. I mean, what do you guys think to this one? It's a bit cheeky calling it fixed, isn't it? Well, discontinued. Discontinued. It's been removed. I mean, if it, if it makes people's experience better, and it doesn't matter how many, I guess, it's just kind of if you actually improve things, then, yeah, why not? Make it better. Okay, psychic. it. I think it's... I think they were right to close a general issue about lighting because personally, I'm with, I'm with you, Colin. I feel for the most part, um, lighting is a lot better. However, there are moments where I'm like, mm, uh, this is a little bit too bright that it's distracting. And if we if we can log more specific issues rather than just a blanket oh yeah lighting shit because i don't think it is anymore yeah i mean the, the prime example for me is when i'm i'm fuel scooping around the sun for some reason at one point the the um the the cockpit just goes a lot darker even though i'm still at the same angle relative to the sun does that uh and i don't think it should do that but mm. then, it, and so that would be a, one of these issues that has to be highlighted. But actually, landing on a planet and watching the sun comes up and and it illuminating the um, the settlement I'm next to, that seems to be working fine. So, yeah, they do. I think in this case, they need to be more specific about where the lighting goes wrong, rather than just that big general lighting and illumination thing. Um, right. I think no, the this... other thing is oh, that yeah, go on, lighting is so subjective. Yes. Know? It's like you've got the hardcore, sort of it's realistic spaces, dark and sharp edges, get used to it. Yeah. Through. You've got the Bustalita looks lovely, I don't want anything to change, why you change things, crew. You've got the make everything light and I want to see myself glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... With Odyssey and the new lighting scheme, we had a fundamental change to the look and feel of Elite Dangerous, and that's always going to piss people off. Uh, They're still operating on the single light source, aren't they? They They've got to. That that is a restriction of the the engine at the moment. Um, I'd love it it if we could. Yeah, well, we've asked them uh, in LaveCon questions and things like that about yeah. how difficult it would be to put in multiple Very light sources and the the just the look of horror on the artist. Can you imagine the so dangerous RTX? Yeah, you can oh, imagine the, so the ray tracing. Yes, I know, but um, you are looking at a massive increase in uh, in the base requirements. And well, you I make know, it an RTX only thing. I can live with that. Um, Right. Uh, Next one. They they have decided that the degraded terrain textures uh, that people complain about are nowhere near as good as Horizons, they have been largely resolved. This item will be marked as fixed with a final set of changes to arrive in Update 7. Um, if we find specific instances where it's, it all looks wrong again, then we've got to raise that as a specific issue. Um, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see what it's like. Um, I mean, personally, 
I haven't really been down on the old horizon, the older horizons planets at all, because to tell you the truth, I've got no reason to go down on one. That's going to sound completely wrong, taken out of context. Let's move around. Um, yes. So, um, what what do you think of that one? I think it's one of these things we have to wait and see. When it says if you see specific specific instances so does that mean if you if people find 40 planets where it's not right they need to then open 40 bugs for it or i would that, <laughs> yeah but then but then what happens is they all they all go they all go to the um the frontier bin sorry i mean issue tracker to get voted on so it means only the only the planet closest to the bubble would get fixed where they should be looking i think and grouping them together and saying I don't know, um, brown high metallic planets are like this, so we need to look at this type of planet. I, I'm not sure. Well, I think that actually comes into the into the um, into the algorithm which they're using. So, if you report an issue about, let's say, a brown metallic planet that looks wrong, that issue is probably happening on all brown metallic um, planets. So, reporting it on one will probably point them in the right direction to fix them for all. You would hope so. Um, oh, well, the... no. No, you've, Shan, it's got to. Otherwise, the procedural generation wouldn't work. There are, there are, there are specific code lines when it works out, okay, this is a certain type of terrain, um, and what will happen is for that certain type of terrain, the lighting would go, or the, the texture would go wrong. And once you find out what the particular type of terrain has gone wrong, then you can fix it, and then that kind of terrain is fixed for the rest of them. That that's the but way. Remember they use tiles, though, don't they? They use yeah, they, I know, they but... use tiles. So you think if that particular tile set doesn't work, then you yeah. then need to extrapolate it. Yeah, well, that's the point. I mean, the, the, once you find out where the tile set, it, what is wrong with the specific tile set, then that will be fixed for all the tile sets. It, it's it's the it's the way that the procedural generation works. You, you're going to be hitting the same kind of code to generate the same kind of landscapes as people have been complaining about. But it does have the advantage where if you fix it in one place, it should fix it in all the others. I was just trying to see whether we, we should be suggesting to our dear listeners that they open up a per-planet report or a or try and dig into more and then open up a per-type I, th- I, I think it would be, if, if, if our listeners come across something that says this, that something is going wrong, you mentioned that it's going wrong on this planet and this is the type of planet and this is the kind of terrain I was looking at. Because otherwise, if you just say it's wrong on this particular planet, that doesn't give them much to go on. Because you've got to actually show it might be even be more helpful to go right down to the coordinates where it happens. Because they need to know exactly where these things have gone wrong. Yep. But um, yeah, but I would think that after, if you've gone through six or seven um, metallic planets in a row, you don't need to worry about. You just need to do the first one you come across. I'd still log all of them. <laughs> At the end of the day, if I can log all of them and give them that data, there's not a chance in hell that I'm going to say, oh, it's a, it's a problem with all metal-rich planets or something like that, because there's going to be someone who reads that 
the me in the office who reads that, who goes, oh, look at this dickhead who says that he's visited every single metal planet and can confirm that every single thing is wrong. You know, log be specific. I mean, personally, I think knowing the way that the procedural generation works is basically, oh, yeah. would you you only really need to to have, find the first example. One once you fix that first example, the procedural generation one we should be able to handle the rest. But you know, if if you want to supply that data, yeah, I just think that it might swamp the issue tracker a little bit too much. Well, that's what they're asking for. They're asking for for specifics. So give specifics. You know. <laughs> right. Okay. So split of opinion there. Um, right. Point three: FPS performance in Odyssey. Right. It has been noted really that there there are still uh frames per second problems in odyssey um there will be optimizations in um uh, in update 7 however the core team have said that they are making good progress however there're going to be substantial optimizations in update 8 i think i've got a name for update 8 uh what's that the proper release can down the road I don't know. I think that it has been improving substantially with every update, up to the point where, apart from, I think, planetary, well, for me personally, without planetary bases and um, some complicated settlements, I'm getting a satisfactory frame rate. And also, on, on top of that, I'm not getting any frame drops. And this is on your ZX 960 graphics card. The, the, this is this is on my on my uh, 1050 Ti. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I've got everything turned down, but it's still keeping the FPS up. I mean, obviously, if you've got your big uh, 2080s and 3080s or 37, have you got a 3070, Chad? I've got a 3080. Ben Ben has got the longest one out of all of us, I think, at the moment. The longest one? I've I've got the tie. Ah, um, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 running currently at 4K at 60 FPS at Outlook, and that 60 is basically my monitor's hard cap at 60. So oh, that's in space, isn't it? No, I'm at, I'm in the I'm on a planet. Okay. Although I'm on a Horizons planet um, with Commander Moody Man at the moment, who's trying to rebind his SRV controls. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's that is actually a bug that I've got to 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 raise. Every single time yeah. I move between Horizons and Odyssey, if I move to Horizons, I have to go and reset my bindings up because yeah, it, also, it defaults to the the X fifty two Pro profile, and I find I have to to go one down to select custom. And and every time and you move your mouse, it sets the mouse movement as well with me. Oh, does it? I don't, I don't have that with me. However, Do you guys oh, run. Have you guys created like Collins dot binds or something like that? No, uh, because I haven't needed needed to. Okay, because I've got often done that with sort of combining my joystick with game glass mm. with my game pad. Um, with, yeah, so yeah, you know, if I've got my game pad and my joystick and game glass all configured in together, then it sort of like does everything. And it just says, okay, this is Ben's bindings. And I've made a file for that, and I find that's fairly solid. Mm. Uh, and it's just something I can just copy and paste between between things, and I've got it backed up and all that. 
Yeah, that, that is a good idea, and perhaps I should do that. However, what I'm finding is once I move back from Horizons to Odyssey, all my bindings are fine, except for the on-foot stuff, which has defaulted back to the X-52. Really? So I have to, yeah. So I have to go into those profiles and select custom again, and then everything's fine. It's it's just weird. It's like it's losing that one, <laughs> one index on the list box. Actually, serious question. Actually, while we're talking about bindings, if that's okay, what do you guys think about the fact that we've now got bindings that are individually picked and chosen, whether we're on foot in a spaceship or on an SRV? Because it used to be. You just had you, this is this is my bindings file that I'm using, and you just select it. Now it's individual for each individual section. Do you think that's an improvement? Better, worse? Oh, I Don't actually care. find that I find it an improvement because um, I'm finding it um, easier to go to the section I need. Mm -hmm. um, like it, Shan? Uh, actually, I think Sai was first at the key. Um. I, uh, in relation to the the things, the um, keybinds for each separate one, as somebody who uses mouse and keyboard from for a controller for SLV and um, uh, hotels for space flying, mm. bloody perfect. I know where I'm going if I need to check a bind. I'm, I share a lot of the stuff with you, Colin, the way the binding shifts around because uh, um if I go to Horizons, then all my binds go completely to pot. And then when I go back to Odyssey, they're suddenly back again, apart from a couple of other keys which just mysteriously vanished. So there's something strange going on with keybinds. Mine, my husband has those problems where he logs in. He has if he logs into Odyssey, everything disappears. But mine's fine. It's it's bizarre because what I've done is I've made the made the bindings files, once they're all set up, read-only. So in theory, the game should go, I'm not allowed to read to those, I won't overwrite them. But somehow it just resets them, and I don't really understand how it's doing it. Maybe someone who knows the key binding system way better than I do can offer some hints to people. Because I thought it was just me. I thought it was something I'd done to my client. And it was just, well, that's the way it is, and I'll just never use Odyssey again. But it sounds as though it's more of a an issue than I thought. Or it could just be a subtle frontier attempt to get everyone to use Odyssey and make Horizon so annoying to use you never log into it again. I don't know. Oh, here goes Shannon's conspiracy theories again. I mean, if it was, if that was the case, it would be happening to all of us rather than just a select few. Very true. Um, right, well, moving on from there. Um, point four, nothing to do on long shuttle raids. Well, uh, this is one which... <laughs> They've already touched on. Um, update 7 will provide the opportunity for players to redirect the Apex shuttle in transit, thus avoiding instances of players feeling trapped on too long journeys. Um, we'll look to mark this issue as fixed in line with Update 7. Feel free to contribute your votes to other issues. Well, this, okay, it does allow you to redirect the Apex shuttle while you're... Yeah, if you've changed your mind about something, but if you've still got to go that distance, you've still got to go that distance, which I think is kind of avoiding the issue. Yeah, I'm with you, Colin, on that one. It's it's, it's a bit like saying, um, I, 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 uh, I've got bored of my train journey and I've, I'll fix it by being able to get off at a station. Yeah. 
That was actually the same kind of logic my daughter was using the other, oh, when we were in London. I'm bored of being on the underground now. Why can't we just get off? <laughs> yeah, I want to get off at Charing Cross when we need to be at Westminster. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah I, 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 I'm quite impressed with the redirect function, but as for it being used as a fix to say, right, that's your nothing to do on long shuttle rides fixed, I don't think it is. I, th I think that was a little bit of a, yeah. Um, next one, um, having a look. I think both Sai and I have things that we want to talk about in this. Yes, I'm sorry because basically everything's um, everything's gone screwy with my Discord. Um, Psykit, you first then. Um, I, Paul Archer has the right idea. If you don't want to, if you're getting bored on the shuttle journeys, don't take a shuttle. I'm sort of it's it's a, it's a simulation. It's still at its heart a simulation. Um, what what mini game do you want? I want to go to play the original Elite. Go on I'm then, to... go on then. Open it up while you're playing Elite. You've got a good enough computer to be able to do it. It's not it's not the same as playing actually in in, in Elite Dangerous though, is it? It's well, what... have a little screen pods though. It's not as cool. Not as cool. But why is it? would you? Why would you play it in Elite? Because it's cool. Personally, I would prefer it if you could, if you could actually play CQC while waiting in in line. That but, would be yeah. cool. I'm, I'm down for if you can have like something that's already in game. If you could, um, if there was a, like a little hollow suite or something on your um, yeah. in your apex, or go and play some uh, CQC, but there isn't. And or just watch Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Open up Netflix. We do words on stream. It's really fun. <laughs> Uh, ben, oh, I'm actually wanting to similar kind of vein, I guess. In that, I'm actually I was quite pleased when I learned that this all they're really doing for making the journeys better in inverted commas was you can change your you you can change your destination because you know the idea of playing solitaire whilst sitting in the Apex shuttle kind of defeats the entire purpose. You know, this it is... Does. You know, whilst... I, yeah, I quite like the idea of the gimmick of, you know, okay, I'm in the shuttle, I can go and play CQC. That's fine for, say, a 15-minute journey. Not so much for a five-minute journey. Um, and whilst the taxi drivers don't seem to kick us out of our Apex shuttles, unlike real taxi drivers... <laughs> um, it still doesn't seem right. It's like, hey, I've arrived at my destination, but I'm in the middle of a game of CQC. What do I do? I don't know. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually, whilst, whilst it's fun to laugh at the idea of, hey, let's all play Elite or various mini games in the cockpit whilst we wait, I'm glad all we're getting is you can go back to where you came from or change your destination within a very limited space. Because let, let's pretend your taxi had 30 light years of fuel. You can only go within 30 light years of your taxi's home base, and he won't take you far, that further. So you can't go off and add on your... It won't go off and add on and say, okay, now take me another, another 30 light years, now another, now another. It'll just like, nope, you've, you, you can't go south of the river, mate. I think the the only time I can think when redirecting an apex would be really useful is if you've accidentally clicked on the wrong destination 
and you think, oh crap, I've gone. I should have gone to Moon One A. I don't know. And now I'm going to One B instead. So being able to redirect if you click the wrong destination, I, I can see a use for that. But then the Shan part of me says, well, tough. You should look where you're going. But no, no. I, th- I think the the redirection thing is for that kind of thing is absolutely perfect. It's, it's, it's what yeah. it's what's needed, and that's what it's there for. It's just that um, it doesn't tick the box for oh we've made long apex journeys more uh, they're right they haven't made them less boring they've just given you the option to nope out of them (laughs) you know what would make them really fun and less boring for everyone thank you well if they allowed you and only you to interdict anyone no, no, no. If you allowed other people to pay a fee to redirect other people's shuttles, so you've had a million credit to redirect someone's shuttle, that would be hilarious. And now we find out the reason why Shan is selling his fleet carrier, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and how much it would be to, to redirect Shan to Colonia, please. Well, it's um, funny, though, totally it? worth it. That would be totally worth the fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you it would be, but for anybody else being a victim of it, geez, that's a bit much. Um, <laughs> you'd end up going away to um, to Beagle Point and just saying, right, send him to Beagle Point. Uh, oh, and send a fuel rat after him as well, just in case. No, 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 you're lacking imagination, Colin. What we would oh, do, right, okay. What, what we would do is let's say you decided you wanted to go from Lave to Deso on an Apex shuttle. Yeah. Yes. So myself, Psychic, uh, Ben, Colin, um, Chris Mark Four would all send your shuttle around in everlasting circles. So we where we just keep you going from system not deso to requat to wherever and just keep you going round and round and round all the time. So that would be like being stuck in the five loop of hell. For you, but for us it'd be hilarious. <laughs> and definitely not boring. Yes. Yes, the the Fife Loop uh, train loop in uh, in obviously in Fife uh, is a place where you could get on and never get off, which um, <laughs> it's scary. Um, right, moving on from there, we've had some good news for the um, Anti Zeno Initiative. Um, they have identified uh, a cause of the invincible Thargoid Heart issue, and are applying a fix for this issue in update seven. Um, they are going to leave it open because um, they have said claimed that they have fixed this before, but it's reared its ugly head uh, time and time again. Um, it does seem that this one was caused by people playing over multiple time zones. So if you were playing with your anti-Xeno um, friends in America uh, and you are, of course, in the UK, then that could have been issues. Uh, because of uh, the time difference, so they're, they've they, they're putting out a, um, I guess a potential fix for it. I'm going to see how it runs. Um, but if they if they have fixed that, that is a a, a huge boost for the anti Zeno initiative. Because I know that when I've been involved in a couple of team um, takedowns of Thargoids, uh, that invincible heart thing can be a a stopper. A real yeah, a heart stopper. Yeah. yeah, that's been more pernicious than the Thargoids itself because that the invincible heart was there ever since they first launched the Thargoid combat. That's just yeah. been there for years. So I hope they have fixed it. 
I know, so do I. And it just goes to show that uh, if it is something that's been caused by, um, you know, the actual physical distance between um, the players and, you know, the peer-to-peer network, there's no way that them testing it in in the one office in uh, in Cambridge is is would um, they'd be able to find it. It's only when it's out in the wild are you able to even track it down. So you got any speculations of why that would happen? Is it just a, a lag thing, do you think? Oh yeah, it'll be something along the lines of lag. There'll be a, there'll be something where um, when you switch between whoever is in charge of the instance, if that has to happen um, over uh, over a certain distance, I reckon that not all the data was getting there in the time period it needed to, and therefore um, when it switched instance, then the the heart didn't get the flag it needed to say, oh, this one's vulnerable now. And uh, I think that's what the issue was. I, I also am going on along the lines of uh, what the um, anti-Xenio initiative was saying, which was along those lines. I hope it is fixed. That's, that's quite a obscure bug, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but it, it's, still a, it's still a biggie. Um, Right, next we have uh, the frame rate drops post-update 5. Now, this was... Um, uh, they've received the, the... They think they have fixed this one, which has a potential performance issue where when you're walking towards settlement uh, or a lot of geometry, you'll be walking towards it, and then the frame rate will just drop for a, th- a couple of seconds before you get there. Um they reckon that this uh, will be fixed in update seven whilst uh, being part of their general frame rate issue fixes, which I mean, it, it didn't need it. it, it I, I did notice that quite a lot uh, in update six. Um, I don't know about anybody else. I haven't been getting any performance issues since Odyssey launched, so I can't say I've noticed that. But again, if it improves other people's experience, then all yeah. pops of them. Um, the, okay, well, on top of that, they're going to mark off the following things as also resolved, which is um, empty <laughs> NHSS signals in Odyssey, uh, fleet carrier and module costs not being included in overall wealth, support missions not being widely available. Now, I've noticed that one. I thought that one was due to the BGS. If you, yeah, if I the, thought that as well. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, because uh, I thought if the VG, if you're BGS fell to a certain point, um, that meant those missions were no longer available anyway because they didn't need to bring any uh, any settlements online. But apparently, that's been complained about. Um, it might make the degradation a little a degradation a little bit more, so that there's more systems that have support missions more available. Would be yeah. my guess is how they're going to combat that. Yeah, I, I agree and. But uh, I mean, surprisingly enough, the support missions—they do seem to be what some of the most popular ones to do. That's why they're going so quickly because it's changing the system state. Isn't that because it's a way of cheesing materials? Uh, There is that, but also I think it's—I find them the 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 one of the easiest ones to do, and also the most atmospheric. Quite like doing them, to be honest. Yeah, same. Hmm. Mission rewards are not being shared with the team. Um, a previous present codex entry is now missing. 
um, stolen tritium cannot be do donated into a fleet carrier's fuel dep depot, which means that you can. Um, there's actually a power play thing here uh, of too much CC returned when systems revolt, which um, I do know that's a, a power play uh, thing that's been in there for quite a while. So I'm glad they're looking at a little bit into that. Um, mission reward materials are missing. Deposit fragments being stuck inside rocks. Uh, unable to interact with a comms panel in Headlook. Um, rock scatter. This was a fun one. Rock scatter only visual in the right eye in VR. <laughs> um, seeker and packhound missiles doing double damage against shields. Uh, that's a bit of a shame. I would have preferred that one. Um, and choosing the influence award from missions gives no influence. That's a doozy. That's made me so angry. Yeah. Well, so angry to learn this right now. After mm, I'm very angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, that 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 is a like I said a doozy. And uh, combat zone captain defense incorrectly credit credits bonds for the enemy faction. So hang on does that mean that you win your combat zone uh but all the credits go to the enemy faction what no i think you get bonds for you in in cz's you can if you defend the captain you get that very small like i think it's like 100k bonds for the other other group so you get the combat bonds that you can choose to hand in oh right got you right it doesn't mean the other side wins in the whole battle because that would be ridiculous <laughs> It would. Um, well, in addition to Odyssey Update 7, they're pleased to confirm that a number of these fixes and quality of life improvements will also be deployed to Horizon players, both in PC and console versions in September. So this sounds like uh, Update 7 will also be a kind of minor Horizons update as well. Uh, now that sounds good, especially if it's fixing things like the Invincible Heart, Thargoid Heart Park and things like that. Um, so, now they have said that Update 7 is planned for mid-September. So, we're probably looking like a couple of weeks on Thursday. Um, what do you reckon? A couple of weeks, three weeks, guys? Um, 21st. You reckon the 21st? I was Actually, hoping for the 14th. On, no way. Si uh, uh, 16th or the 23rd? 23rd, I reckon. Everybody checks the date thing now. No, no, um, I'm just thinking... Uh, I don't know, mid-September. I think, yeah, the 23rd is likely because... Yeah, yeah 16th, 23rd. but we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Um, so, yep, after that we have... Um, yeah, now, this is the update that they've... They haven't actually um, confirmed, but there are other things happening with Update 7. The first one that, that they're saying is the we've we've covered the new um turret defense stuff but then they've now got the new social hub styles uh we're going to quite enforcers first colin well the enforcer units i thought we'd already covered because they were part of the um well, I, was, I was looking at that and i was wondering do we think the enforcers will just rocket spam everyone or will they only target srvs i think I think they'll only target SRVs. I, I think hope so, because that would be really annoying, wouldn't it? Have it you been would. to a military base with the enforcers there? I yeah. haven't, actually. Have you? 
Yeah, because they do rocket spam everybody. So it's, oh, it's not going to surprise me if we have to be dodging rockets. They will probably um, make a decision as to what would be the highest threat and choose an SLV over another commander. However, if it's just a commander there, I'm fully expecting to take a couple of rockets to the face. Uh, I thought that the, um, the enforcer units would only be deployed if SRVs are detected. You would hope so, wouldn't you? Well, that's what I'm hoping so at this point. What uh, Sai is saying, I'm not sure now. So I um, like I I often will go into combat zone conflict zones with my brother-in-law, whose um, favourite thing to do is mm -hmm. jump around with a rocket launcher and um, spam NPCs. So I don't see any reason why we wouldn't have NPCs doing exactly that. A good old quick rocket jump. Yes, excellent. I have. Um, so yeah, there's a. <laughs> Well, personally, I, uh, as far as this is concerned, I am hoping that the Enforcer units, I, I call them Marauder units for some reason, but no, Enforcer units, I hope they're only deployed if if players start turning up in SRVs. I don't know why. I think it'll be a little bit more un unbalanced. Well, it won't be much fun, will it? No, but I think that's, that's I mean, it, it seems logical, but we'll have to wait and see. If they're as accurate with their rockets as they are with their uh, grenades, mm -hmm. they can piss off. Why are you finding them quite accurate with their grenades? Have you not? Been, have you not been in a conflict zone with a uh, um, grenade throwers and you've disappeared for five minutes and then suddenly there's a grenade directly at your feet because somehow some bugger knows exactly where you are? Um, no. But oh my again. god, it happens all the time. <laughs> Then again, I'm only playing the low conflict zones at the moment. Oh, they're the worst. They're the actual worst. Right. Well, th there's something to watch out for, folks. Um, let's just hope they're a little bit more inaccurate than the grenade throwing. Um, right. Now we'll move on to the new social hub styles. Apologies for that. Um, right. These They have released some screenshots of the new variations that they're adding to the stations for Update 7. Um, they're making the station interiors more clearly linked to their installation type. So changes include elements such as swapping out railings with alternatives, replacing crates and planters with other props that better suit the theme, different wall partitions and wall pieces, swapping beams, roof sections, and adding pipes or more industrial-looking geometry. Um, one thing that, that Zach also mentioned in the live stream is that the richer the, the the station is, the cleaner it is. So God knows how filthy Lave Station is. So, so basically, Frontier is giving us, giving us variants. They are giving us variants. Yes, there's supposed to be more variants to the uh, to the actual uh, station. Although, admittedly, looking at the um, looking at the screenshots we've got, the only thing that jumps out to me is the colour. It kind of looks like an IKEA kitchen, doesn't it? With just different coloured doors. It's better than it is currently. Oh. Well, yeah, because there's a lot more colour where there wasn't colour before. But it does seem that well, instead of having a one single blue line around the entire um, concourse, everything else has gone blue. Do you think they'll give Sleepy Pete a different outfit in each place? There, there are several different Sleepy People all over the place, Sleepy Pete doesn't exist in every station. And sometimes Sleepy Pete has hair. Sometimes it's a she Sleepy Pete. 
I really like that blue one with like, it's got a little bit of pinky purple undertones and nobody was surprised. Yeah, it's that really was cute. That is supposed to be an industrial, no, a high tech system. I like it. Look- it looks That's quite a- Star Wars-y, doesn't it? Yeah, I really like that. I think that's really nice. Well, the blue one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I must admit, I do like the, obviously, the green of the agricultural. Um, also, the, the the kind of industrial yellow of the inside of an asteroid base is quite nice. The one you've got on screen, well, did have screen, the one with the red stairs, that looks like a uh, shopping centre. Apparently, that's the most expensive one. I think one. that's that, yeah. I think that's what they said on stream. That's what they said on the stream. Yeah. Is that the lakeside version? <laughs> Probably. No, that's the lakeside was schemy schemy it? and it was uh, blue waters. The the snobby one. You've just been told off, Colin, from what she was kind. Oh, um, what have I been told off for now? <laughs> how dare you? Pre- how you? How dare you presume on Sleepy Pete's gender? I didn't. I said there was a she Sleepy Pete. Yeah. They might and, also be a non non-binary sleepy Pete, or <sighs> a non-human sleepy point. non There aren't any non-human sleepy Pete's. Oh, there know. might be aug- augmented ones. I don't. I mean, augment- augmented Pete. Augmented. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw some of that model, and I ain't convinced he's human. <laughs> well, but then again, I've also seen pictures of Michael G- Gove dancing. And I'm not convinced he's human either. Uh, I mean, the the problem is with that is that I have no room to talk about bad dancing. And uh, if I was a good dancer and and able to to take the Mickey because of it, then I would. But I'm not that good a dancer to take the Mickey out. Now Scotsman just put in in chat saying, "Bring on alligator Pete." <laughs> that is the best variant of Pete. Always, always the best variant. Also, what about Frogger, Frogger Pete? Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't think there was a a, a Loki Frogger. Am I, there was I just Thor. Getting... No, there was there a was Thor, Thor over there. Oh, yeah, there's there a Thor one. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Uh, sorry, I'm catching up. Really, it's... yeah. Spoilers, I guess. Technically, <laughs> yeah. Technically, especially I haven't seen What If yet. So, uh, oh, so oh, new episode tomorrow. <laughs> and season two of um, Mother Dex. Of what? Season two of Lower Decks is out. Oh, Lower Decks is out, yes. Oh, Lower. I thought you said Mo Modex. I'm not going. I thought you said Lower Modex. It didn't. It wasn't Lower Decks. Whatever you said. (laughs) Um, Well, I do think Colin is grief stricken, so he should be kind to him for the rest of the show. We should always be kind to Colin. Um, I'm not grief stricken at all, Shan. And I've told we've been over this before. You're the one that's bringing this up, not me. Anyway, um, well, well talking about your bunny. Oh, the bunny. Well, nothing's happened to him yet. Just a little bit concerned. I'd be grief stricken if something had happened to him. In fact, I think we should have a leave radio burial if he does, considering how much. So, Colin, can we have a Viking burial? Can we put him on a boat and set <laughs> light to it? And just... So, basically, what you want me to do is go to the put boat. Him on the Go to the boating lake with a little boat and a dead little bunny casket in it. Shove it off and fire flaming arrows at it while while swear it for singing Scottish. Well, I'll sit in petroleum first. Put fireworks in it. (laughs) So you you get one of the. All you need to do, Colin, is get one of those uh, 
disposable barbecues from Tesco, put the bunny on that, light it, obviously, and then you can just, it'll it'll float, (laughs) and then, you know, you push that along the boating lake. It'll be fine. Can you imagine Colin's kid's horror when (laughs) half-cremated bunny comes washed up on shore? You know what? No, it's not. No, because we've already lost one bunny to a fox around here. Yeah, we've lost, we've lost his brother to a fox around here, and that that was heartbreaking for the kids. I wouldn't want to put them through that again. <laughs> Don't tell them; just get a different bunny. Oh, they'd know, and everybody but, here would complain. But how would they know? Get the rabbit. I mean, there's only so many colours you can get rabbits in. Just tell it regenerated, like Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any, yes, Paul Archer's then. I nip to the kitchen for a drink and come back to bunny horror yet again. I just tune it out, Paul. It's probably for the best. I don't know. It, it, this lot is just, oh man. They, they, are, they are a worry. We're <laughs> being compassionate about you, Colin. We don't want to inflict bunny horror on your children. We want them to be well balanced and. Meanwhile, back in Elite Dangerous World, <laughs> um, they, yeah, they've also mentioned that uh, Apex Redirect's coming, uh, increased module storage, which we've already talked on. Um, they have actually said that the AMD Fidelity FX CAS will be reintroduced again as an option in Update 7. It's mutually exclusive to the FSR, which has got its own integrated RC. AS system. Um, if anybody would like to explain that in English, I would like to know. <laughs> so I'm just looking at the chat. We, we does we does render different ways. I think is what it means. <laughs> so basically, you want us to describe the ARSE system for you. You know what? I think I can live without it until actually it comes along. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, also, they've said that they have been making significant progress in fixing the Horizons cosmetics in Odyssey. Uh, the character team has been hard at work overhauling the Horizons flight suit cosmetics to make them compatible with Odyssey's EVA suits. Um, they've got a bit of a way to go on this, but you can see some results. All right, I don't think that's coming in Update 7, then, judging by that language. So, no, so now... Isn't. So now you'll have your pointless cowboy hat at an angle rather than <laughs> dead on. I've, I'm quite excited about this because I had I quite liked my the look of my flight suit in Horizons. So I, I'm quite keen, keen for this to come about. Yeah, you want the lay radio suit back, don't you? To be honest, the lay the lay radio flight suit was just a plain orange one, but I did have the. Like a jacket and boots kind of thing, sort of like an oversuit, I guess you could say. I, I do think many of our listeners would agree that an orange jumpsuit is the best attire for you, Ben. I think nobody wants to see me in a skin tight leather jumpsuit. That's an orange one. Doesn't matter whether it's orange or black, even striped, it's nobody wants to see me in a skin tight well, jumpsuit. O- o- orange is the new black. Moving on. <laughs> Right, yes, moving on indeed. Um, no, I, I think the uh, the items mentioned in this one won't be coming in, in Update 7. I think they're just planned for the future. Um, the four-player multi-crew, 
um, they showed a couple of photographs of the progress that they're making with this. Um, they've got a number of ships in test with four commanders on the bridge. So it looks like there is a second seat behind the um, the left gunner's seat on an anaconda that they're showing off here. Um, it does look, it looks okay. A little bit offsided, lopsided, I suppose. But um, uh, what can you do when you've, <laughs> there are three stations already there. One's got to go somewhere. Um, I think this is well overdue. Does any, what does anybody else think? Yeah. I, I'm, until I can see my crewman in one of my jump seats, I ain't going to be happy, happy. Fair enough. Uh, it does make me wonder, though, if you've got four people in your crew, does that mean you get four pips then? Because th that's been always the thing in multi-crew, where if you join up, the commander uh, in charge gets four uh, You get three pip extra pips. Yeah, I, I can only imagine that that would be the case. Well, that's going to give people a massive advantage for having your crew on one ship. But only yep. people with enough friends. Well, that's me buggered then. Right. <laughs> Um, in addition to that, they have mentioned that their new Odyssey engineers are coming to Colonia. Um, they introduced the first one, uh, Rosa Dieta. No, not Rosa Parks. Rosa Dieta, um, with a massive, uh, basically biophora, which I don't think we'll, we need to cover here. We could, we can um, <laughs> let people discover that for themselves. Um, Colonia does need, um, uh, Odyssey side engineers, if it's going to continue, uh, I think. Right. Um, following that, we also have the mission feature extensions. Now, I'm actually quite excited about this one because this um, this is the work that's ongoing to expand the missions featured for Odyssey to increase diversity and create stronger links between the in-cockpit stuff and the on-foot ga on gameplay. Um, they're hoping to show share most of it soon. This is the one that I'm really hoping for because this is the, as, as we've said hundreds of times before, it, it does feel that, you know, there's a footside game and there's the, the ship game and the grey area between the two is very, very thin, and that grey area needs to be spread uh, a little bit more. Um, but I guess until we get more details on that, nothing more to say about it. Uh, and then, finally, this came out of nowhere. Um, they said, last but not least, we are excited to share the work that's underway to bring social spaces to megaships. This will allow them to position a base of for on-foot services anywhere in the galaxy. Now, it has to be pointed out, they said megaships. They have confirmed in the live stream that it's not fleet carriers. They said they were working on fleet carriers. Um, well, they said nothing to say at this moment in time, as far as I was. I didn't hear them say they're working on it. I swear I heard them say they were working on it. I had uh, like four people message me to say that they were working on it. I Actually, think that, that was implied. I didn't think it was explicit, but it might have no. been. I didn't think it was um, even implied. I when I watched it, Arthur just sort of said, "Yes, we know that the community have asked yeah. for the fact that these things. Okay, okay. We want social spaces on our fleet carriers. We have heard you on this, and that's all he's going to say on it." Yeah, that, the safest thing with Frontier in this is to assume it's not going to happen, and then you're surprised <laughs> when it does. Well, it was yeah, something I, when we had off on. 
it was something that we talked about then and he was like i know there's a community need for it and i'm asking for it and it's yeah. already something we're looking at mm. uh i mean the the mega ships if they're able to place at least one mega ship in say each sector at least that's somewhere that's people that people can go to but um mind you they've the, that means that the fleet carrier network, which is one yeah. fleet carrier in each sector, that's been a bit kind of pointless if there's a mega ship in a station. I don't think they're because... going to be moving mega ships around just for that. But I think, and this, and this is why there is a desire to get it on the fleet carriers mm. you know, for or for the for the deep space network. But the it, it'll be a good thing. It's I don't know why they didn't do it to begin with, but hey, oh, yeah. um, we'll get it when we get it. I think. Yeah, Chad. Well, I was just thinking from a um, role-play point of view, can you imagine that would be the most boring job in the world to be the bartender at a mega ship in the middle of nowhere? Because no one would ever visit you, would they? They'd be, you'd be like, wait, oh, it's a passenger ship. No, never mind. So, I don't know. Mind you, on the upside, you'd be pretty much likely to get a uh, enhanced grade three suit or a weapon at these places because people wouldn't visit them not that often no um right uh you know what i think we've had a, a very long chat at the moment i think what we'll do is we'll take an ad break and then we'll come back with the um some of the in-game news and some of the social stuff are you struggling with paying fines do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station if the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damaged course whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. Got so desperate that I'd almost resign myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! It was you! Carolyn McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. Warning, balances may go up as well as down. Missed payments may lead to repossession of your ship, seizure of cargo or the issuing of a death warrant. public service announcement from the fuel rats please stop what you're doing and pay attention if we can rescue you we will but you can help us help you by following these easy steps one fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise two note down the current system and the nearest stellar body three if you're on emergency life support log out immediately 
Four, go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. Five, stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Want to tour the frontier? Travel with Colmac Reeve and our new fleet of passenger Starliners. We've opened up the universe for a range of budgets. Option one, luxury. My husband and I like to travel in comfort. The new luxury cabins were like a home away from home. After all, one's home is a castle. Option two, first class. We'd saved up a bit for a really special trip. The first class cabins were like nothing we've travelled in before. Really luxurious. Option three, travel cabin. We would a trip with Cormac Reeves' monthly lotto. A travel cabin for two on a Starliner around the solar system. Once in a lifetime for us, simply amazing. Option four, basic accommodation. Me and my mates just wanted to hitch around the universe. It's so great that we have the option of getting a really cheap cabin to see the sights. It saved us loads. And for the budget conscious and slaves, we have our cheapest option yet. Well, I needed it. And we won't sell any of those frozen passengers into slavery. I promise. Colmac Reeves All Budget Tours. Seeing the galaxy from luxury to freezing tubes. And welcome back. Now, quickly before we move on to the uh, to the other sections of the, the show, I'd just like to quick ask the team what they thought of the v- developer update. So if you give a quick summary of, of your initial thoughts, we'll start with uh, Ben. It's looking good. I'm glad the direction they're going, but I'll believe it when I see it. Fair enough. Chan? Some good fixes, but the elephant is still in the room. Uh, and Psychic? Um... I I will enjoy it when it comes to fruition. Fair enough. Yeah, I I think I'll agree with Ben. I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing, but um, like I said, I think it is a case of um, we'll wait and see when it arrives. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, frankly, so. Chad, I think the elephant will be in the room for all of Odyssey. So I think we either need to get onto the elephant train or stop playing. Frankly. Is, well, uh, I think uh, we need to keep we need to keep pushing. We need to keep pushing for engineering fixes. We're not going to get that. It's not really. going to get backed. It's not going to happen. Well, engineering balance fixes. Yes, the actual mechanics of the engineering that ain't going to happen. I don't know. That... I, I remained vaguely optimistic because they changed it when enough people made enough fuss first time round. So I, I, yeah, I, I, but... I like to think there's enough. Um... How long did that take, Sean? That took two years. Yeah. And if it's going to be two years of I hate this, I hate this, and constant I hate this, it's going to be two years of hate. And can your soul take two years of hate? An asshole. <laughs> that Pardon? is an extra part of Shan's villain origin story. <laughs> two years of hate within the soul, bunny death, all of that. See what that will do to you. I am not, and, and, and of course Skywalker, and of course there's, there's the the lack of of alpaca love. <laughs> it just it just goes on. We need to know actually what is your opinion on sand? Isn't that between the sea and the land? That's how you end up with sand because it's between sea and land. Oh, I learned something the other day actually. I, I learned that wharf wasn't a word; it's an acronym. I never knew that. 
what wharf as in w h a r f or yeah. wharf as in not as in, lieutenant, not as in lieutenant wharf wharf as in w h a r f it's warehouse at riverfront or something oh i never knew that so yeah well yep yeah. okay on on the thomas the tangent thomas the tank engine trying to tangent town Ben, stop making us learn things. <laughs> yeah, Chris has put Amanda Wharf in, in the chat, which is also, yeah. also very ha- helpful. Although apparently at the time of Picard, he is now captain of the Enterprise, allegedly. Really? Apparently so. Um, so there's there's one he for you, Star Trek. He had a crap career, didn't he? So at the time of Picard, Wharf was... So he was lieutenant, lieutenant commander... And then a million years later, he makes it captain. That's a really slow progression. I'm sorry, it. but how old was was Captain Picard when he got the Enterprise? Picard's in his he's in his fifties. He's basically saying because uh, yeah. I watched I watched an episode of Star Trek today where you know he's on about some girlfriend of his and she was about fifty years old. So I'm taking him to be about the same age. Uh, so then he's been held back, is what I think he's been. I think I just think that you know a lot of a lot of people seem to be I think I think ranks are actually pretty messed up in in Star Trek actually thinking about it I mean you think you know Riker was you know the first, oh, officer, first officer for seven years so he oh. was fir- he was first officer for as long as the plot the plot demanded it yeah, I mean, <laughs> he got he got a captain didn't he then his ship got oh he was he made captain about four times or something like that but. Anyway, Ed, shall we just point yeah. out, Stephen Usher has just said he was captain, uh, Worf was actually the captain of the Defiant by the end of DS9. So oh, okay. he was a captain by the end of DS9. So um, let's let's move on from um, <laughs> that, that little diversion. Um, now, there has been a um, an interesting in-game event that's been happening this week. Um, instead of... Um, uh, the usual CGs. Uh, the Highford crash mystery uh, has finally unfurled. It took everybody, I think, about two days to uh, to go through this, but it's it started with a um, a, a comms beacon on a crash T nine in the middle of uh, Colonia, and um, it has unhurled, unfurled from Colonia all the way through. Um, to I think it's is it back to the Witchheads Nebula or Barnard's Loop? That neck of the woods, yeah. Yeah, um, that's where you are at the moment, Ben, isn't it? That is where I am at the moment. Uh, yes. So I'm now flying off to apparently the second waypoint. Yeah. Um, now it is a bit of a, a breadcrumb trail, and we will not spoil it. However, uh, Psychic, you've completed this. I've uh-huh. completed this. Um, how excited were you when you read some of that stuff? Mate, it, 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 it really, it was really nice to be able to share it and um, share in the joy of doing it. Um, it was, oh man, it was, I, I, I can't spoil, I don't want to spoil anything, but seeing seeing certain names pop up and certain words and phrases pop up it felt like a proper peak of a um of a story arc just yes. and such an information dump so much content and yeah oh man 
my, my little law heart was so happy. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe to say that all this stuff that's happened in this plot that you discover happened while the Pleiades stuff was just beginning to start. I think it's safe enough to say that, mm-hmm. uh, but not anymore. But I must admit, for me, reading through some of that stuff, all of a sudden I could see loads of little um, exciting possibilities and impossible gameplay and little little tidbits that could mean something so many questions man so many it answered so much stuff and left so many more questions wide open and i thought it was it was i thought it was beautiful storytelling i was incredibly happy with it yeah shan you did it uh yes but there's an interesting and it's not tinfoil hat at all but okay on on one of the systems in, in in the trail um if you look at the elite wiki and other sources Mm-hmm. The um, the expiration data for that system was reset at the um, when this came along, and if you do other digging around uh, around that system with posts and stuff like that that people found prior to this event, mm-hmm. there's clearly a hidden history in game to this particular system. Ooh, what that's. That's an interesting fact as well. Um, ben? I think one thing that I'm very excited about is the fact that we heard today during uh, the live stream that Arf has been buried in depths with the story team yet again for continuing the story beyond, I guess, the two-year mark. Yeah. I mean, um, Ed, uh, I must admit, I am I'm so relieved to hear that. Yeah, so I, I, as you said, I'm very relieved to hear that. I think these little story tidbits are almost what the game needs. It's the, it's the, the mystery that people love about Elite, and getting to tell that and presenting that and showing us that is so much fun. Yeah, it and is. answering bits and leaving bits, I'm loving it. Yeah. So overall, I think everybody's reaction to this is a big two thumbs up. Um, so if if Arthur and the team are are listening, well done, good job, and uh, more please. <laughs> Not that we're making demands. Um, so it it's a belated time, but it's that time of the week yet again. Score a lot. Welcome back. Uh, we have three uh, of the store alerts at the moment, uh, which seems to be the standard fare of them uh, going forward. We have the um, the Chieftain Pirate Skin, which um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's Chieftains. If you love Chieftains, you'll probably like this. <laughs> um, also, I, I'd like to say that this is for your inner Ant-Man. You've got the Raider Berserker style suit. 
Um, I do believe that might be a favourite of Psykid. I haven't bought it yet. You see, you see it wasn't an inevitability. I'm still managing to resist. Yeah, but you want it. I'm going to buy it. Don't worry. Would it suit you, sir? Would it suit you? Um, right. Also on top of that, we have uh, the Manticore pistol in a nice multi-shaded purple. <laughs> I hate it when they, they put the guns in a purple colour, especially when we've got Ben on. <sighs> if it's not throbbing, I'm not interested. Here we go. Come on, Ben, get it out of your system. No, is, is that the only one you can manage? I'm getting on a bit now. <laughs> you oh, drooping. <laughs> and next, we'll supplying Ben with pills. <laughs> this episode of Live, Shoe, Live Radio is sponsored by Blue Chew. <laughs> um, right, well, we'll move on to the mostly clueless section then. Um, this is from uh, The Manure Man who has been making lots of suggestions on our um, uh, on, on our web form. If you have a suggestion, we will put a link into the uh, uh, suggestion box uh, or for the, suggest the suggestion form where we can pass your well-known tips on to newbie players. Well, uh, this week's tip is remember that decontamination limpets also work as repair limits. Uh, so if you have no caustic substance on your ship, they will still repair your ship. Um, to use them, just don't select any target, launch automatically, and they will lock onto you and repair your hull. Um, I never knew that. Yeah. I uh, that, just learned that as well. That's so cool. Yeah, um, I used them extensively uh, when I was doing my run to Elite by going through the Thargoid Scouts because um, even though you could... Uh, fix any caustic damage um, it would normally just fix you up to a certain point you could just go through the decontamination limpets to bring your your hull back up to full strength it godsend saves you having to have a separate um, repair limpet launcher so uh, moving on from there sigh <clears throat> I'm dreading this bit I got nothing mate you've got nothing I got nothing I got nothing however Mm. However, I've been having a think, and I will accept story briefs or um, story suggestions, which I would then be able to pad out and write my own. <laughs> we can make a whole adventure series if we have to. If this turns into one of your choose-your-own-shan adventure stories. Oh, my God. <laughs> Size already started with briefs and padding. <laughs> I, th I thought you said you had friends that were lining up to write this. She's away. Oh, right, I see. So the, the smart writer is away. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, and Shan... Oh, Midden's briefs. We can start with Midden's underpants. That'll do. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Jeez. Chris has made a suggestion that we do a paragraph... A oh, yes, and we'll do a poll. It'll be a choose your own adventure, starring <laughs> starring Ben and Shan. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm involved. I will need to remind myself to do that every week. Oh God! You have access to the Twitter. God help us all. <laughs> oh God, help you and Shan. Anyway, I'm glad I'm out of it. You can be involved, Colin. It's all right. You can no, be no, a star. It's, it's not a problem. It's all no, right. It's, it's fine. I I, I would. 
prefer that my co-presenters have have their moment in, in the sun. Oh, right. Um, shall we move on to the community news? Uh, right. Alec Turner has finally shown us how to get how to get your balls onto the concourse. <laughs> Um, originally, this was discovered by Ghost Giraffe and Mars. Uh, so, if if you want, we will include the link uh, to Alex's uh, stream, uh, and he he managed to get I think it's a couple of canisters of bio waste <laughs> onto the concourse. <laughs> so, I think those yeah. are not the, the TLDR version of it is get bio waste or whatever into your SRV jump onto the roof and then glitch jump onto the roof and then you get your SRV to do the vertical city up thing whilst on on a specific part of the roof and then you glitch the canister through the the station basically yeah I, I would love to pick up Thargoid scavengers and drop them in the concourse <laughs> <laughs> turn how to turn the concourse into a can of spam mm. Um, in other news, uh, well, yes, I, oh dear, uh, due to my Adder rant last week, um, I said that I would A-rate an Adder and do a top shift in it if someone took an Adder and managed to total a Medusa, uh, a Thargoid Medusa ship. And I have to say, I am going to have to A-rate an adder because uh, Rosencrantz Jr. Um, has managed to prove to me that it's quite easy <laughs> to to total a, a Medusa. Or he made it look quite easy um, in his YouTube video, which we'll put a link into the uh, into the show notes. Um, you get... I should have said Hydra. <laughs> Colin, Colin, I think... I think we need a time uh, restraint on how long you keep this A-rated adder. And I'm going to suggest you keep the A-rated adder until you can sell a reducer as well. Oh, no. You know what I'll do is I will A-rate an adder, and on next week's show, I will fly in open around Leave Station. And anybody who wishes to have a pop at it is quite welcome. No, we want to see you sell a Medusa. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. I can't even do that in my anaconda at the moment. Um, also, uh, in other news, uh, Rustat interviewed Zach Cochran uh, as part of his 24-hour charity stream. Uh, Zach's early intro into Elite is he first started playing a couple of years ago uh, and got into Elite Dangerous because of the CGs. Um, he's got a passion for the elite community, especially uh, mass jumps and lots of other nice things and a fun, frank discussion. So, um, excuse me. Um, there is a just giving page uh, of Perez uh, Perez Mal. What was it? Mal Malcha is fundraising for special effect at just giving. So we will be passing on a link uh, for that. And also, you'll find a link to uh, Rootstats uh, interview also in the show notes. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, Rootstrapped is the XCM, I suppose, of the Wing Tussars, the Polish uh, community group in Elite Dangerous. 
and they're the guys who make the beautiful calendar in Polish and now in English as well. That late that is quite often they take some along to leave LaveCon and things like that. So that's who those guys are. Excellent. Um, right. Um, has anybody got any other business? I know Sai mm-hmm. has, but if anybody else hasn't, no. Okay, Sai, you've got something about flight assist. Yeah, we're 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 recording episodes again. I know Colin's been on, um, but um, if if you're interested in being being a guest on flight assist, we are beginning recording again for season three. So, um, drop me a DM on Discord. We just talk about your elite dangerous history. It's nothing exciting. Yes, and you'll be able to slag off the the ship that's hated the most, i.e. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Adder. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I have now decided I prefer the Asp Scout to the Adder. I really have. Anyway. <laughs> you haven't you haven't unleashed the power of the A-rated Adder yet, Colin, so you need to give it a fair chance. I, I Look, Shan, I will give it a fair chance, and when it's had its fair chance, it will go straight into a hot black Desi Auto it straight into the sun. Because that's what it deserves. Um, right. Oh, uh, my other bit of any other business is if people are quick, you can get Star Wars um, Squadrons for a tenner. I thoroughly recommend that for a tenner. Well worth it. Well, yeah. Especially if you've got VR, Star Wars Squadrons is super, 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 super amazing. Just like looking around your cockpit in in VR, it's just worth. It's, that's worth a tenner in its own right. It is, yes. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the single-player campaign is worth the tenner, I think. Oh, easily. Yeah. So, oh, so Yeah, easy. So uh, it would be remiss of us not to recommend that, and I, I think that's, that's a good one. Anyway, um, I don't think we've got any question to, to ask the community this week, so um, straight on to the shout-outs. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers. Or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, they seem to have calmed down after my anti-Adder rant. Uh, so I didn't realise the truckers were fans of Adders, but apparently some of them are. Um, for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. Uh, we'd also like to give the shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts uh, that have appeared over the last year. Uh, so that's Allograb AM, uh, the Black Sky Legion, who do space sims as well as real-life science and tech bits. The Canon podcast, uh, the Spanish speakers have the Elite cast. There's the Fatherhood podcast, Flight Assist, already aforementioned. Uh, the Guard Frequency, who do other space sims. Um, the Loose Screws, now we have to give them a special shout out to the Hillbilly uh, Elite podcast over the pond because they have just managed to complete two years and over 100 shows. So that's uh, their two-year anniversary. Um, so stay cheesy, everyone. And if not craft singles, then you. Um, Squeaking Fuel, uh, System Chat. And we now have uh, Zero Prep, a new show that will start at 7 p.m. UTC on a Sunday. Kai, Suvin, Ed talk about all things geek culture over at the Black Sky Legion's YouTube stream. You didn't say that, Ben? I did say that. <laughs> I just um, noticed a little note next to it. I'll say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was totally me saying that, but it's all right. So yeah, no, basically, Colin Reddit. Um, it's basically Kai Suv and I shooting the shit for an hour or so, 
with no show notes. And yeah, the idea is we want an opportunity to talk about stuff that isn't elite, yet we never have a chance to talk about anything that isn't elite. So I don't know, we go off on tangents enough here, don't we? Yeah, but we also try to stay on target. (laughs) We've actually been very good this week, Colin. We've hardly ever drifted on a tangent. It's been about 50% alpacas. (laughs) (laughs) And 40%. That's what what Shan said. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I mean, it's the idea is I play so many other video games and I'm also into so much other forms of media, not just elite and video games. And it'd be nice to have a chance to actually talk about The Expanse, talk about uh, what Marvel's up to, um, talk about Ian Banks. Mm. All, all that other stuff that we do that isn't part of Elite Dangerous, basically. Yeah. Um, well, good luck with uh, Zero Prep. It, it does sound like it's, it's Sue, Kai and Ed after dark. Basically, that's the idea. Right. Also, those who would like a literary discussion about sci fi and fantasy books, um, Alan Stroud does the Data Slate podcast, which um, I'm not quite sure when the last time Alan's done one, but uh, um, they're always good for a listen. Now, after this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. Now, we have to give a bit of a spoiler warning on this one. Um, we have not spoiled the plot line for uh, the latest... Um, uh, the latest... Uh, <laughs> plot, if you like. I've got to get my thesaurus working. Um, so, But unfortunately, uh, Galnet News Digest do go into it in great depth of great depth. So um if you want to avoid being spoiled, give give it a bit of a, a miss this week, but not every week. See what I mean. Um, right, I'll try and dig myself out of that hole. Um, so thanks to everyone who has chipped in on the Twitch chat and the in-game commanders that have joined us. Who have they been, Ben? Just a random person who I bumped into. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Rather than a listener or anything like that. Oh. Um, but it was nice bumping into a random random person out of that first sight, and he's, he's just basically come back into Elite after a two-year hiatus. Oh, well. Um, um, and was having fun setting up his SRV keybinds. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, right, well, we'll also say special thanks, of course, to Commander Tokuso, who created the music for the introduction of the show. So that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can call. You can email us at info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. And we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat. And you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, uh, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. We don't normally do this, but we would actually like, if you like Live Radio, could you please give us a substantial number of stars and maybe a little review in whatever your podcaster 
does for its its reviewer because it does actually help the profile of the show and we would appreciate that. So we'd also like to thank our panellists for this evening, which is Ben, which is Psychit, and of course the irreplaceable Shan. And special thanks, of course, goes out to today's tech specialist, the Chris Mark IV. So until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News special, 31st of August 3307. Four years ago, Commander Highford fled from the Pleiades to Colonia to escape the mysterious Black Flight. His last message in a data call in the wreckage of his crashed Type 9 on Colonia 5 EA finally began broadcasting on 26th of August 3307. I don't know what's going to be left by the time you get this. I, I had to stop them from intercepting that last message, but, but please go to HIP 26176 and find that complex for the sake of everyone who was taken there by scum like me. Someone has to remember them. And we have to ensure that this sort of thing can never happen again. HIP 26176 at galactic coordinates 3 and 904.4375 mark negative 323.53125 mark negative 1431.84375 That message, recorded four years ago, finally gave researchers a pointer to Oaken Point Research Base, the place Commander Highford had worked and helped us to answer at least partially the long-standing questions about the secrecy surrounding the Thargoid invasion of 3303, about why Highford was running away 
and about what the Black Flight had been tasked to do, and more importantly, by whom. Back in 3303, there were folk tales of a belligerent alien race called the Thargoids that had attacked humanity back in the 32nd century. But the details were missing from history books. No one was quite sure whether the Thargoids had been real or imaginary. They certainly weren't around anymore. But some folk, privileged folk, people who knew the Thargoids were real and that they were close and getting closer, they also believed that they could handle the threat secretly without the majority of humanity ever finding out. Just who these privileged few were remains in doubt, but it seems that azimuth biochemicals, who had first encountered Thargoid near the Colsac Nebula in 3111, and who we now know had been working to develop weaponry using the alien technology they'd found there, and in the trapezium sector, where the crew of their research vessel Hesperus had found an ancient Thargoid Guardian battle site, were handling the research and development. The beautiful Oaken Point Research Station is on HIP 26176 on planet A5I. According to the logs that can still be downloaded, this was where, four years ago, in late 3302 or early 3303, Azimuth was working on what, for them, must have seemed the ultimate weapon. The codename of the project was Seraph. Professor Thomas Dawn has left a voice record that describes this truly horrific experimental work. Azimuth had somehow managed to capture a Thargoid scout ship and was looking for ways to harness its power. A large number of experimental test subjects, humans, shipped in in occupied escape pods, were brought to the facility and those that appeared strongest had neural implants fitted. Dawn explains the plan with palpable excitement. My team recognised that we are on the threshold of something truly remarkable. While our competitors chase rumours and run lab tests on curious probes, we are working towards the first human-piloted Sargoid vessel. Of course, our research here will be the first of many such projects. This hostile race has plagued human space for hundreds of years. These creatures, so foreign, so fundamentally alien in every aspect, have sought to dominate us. The technology used in these attempts has been devastating. Our work will establish the first example of humanity harnessing Thargoid machines for its needs. Over time, we will continue to assimilate the aliens' technology until we have stripped everything we want. Then we shall lead the mission to wipe them out forever. And Dawn refers back to Commander John Jameson's sacrifice in delivering a deadly plague to the Thargoids something that only became public knowledge in 3304, when Jameson's crashed cobra was found. The mycoid virus merely bought us time. Our true victory will be absolute. The research programme involved plugging the human subjects 
into the Thargoid scout ship and using them to control the ship. For the very first test, the professor records... A1's vital signs were stable for 43 seconds, at which point there was a major electrical surge through the central nervous system. Both witnesses observed the subject suffer a violent seizure which ultimately proved fatal. The Sargoid vessel appeared unaffected. The fate of the first victim was repeated over and over again. The scientists trying to work out why their human subjects were being killed by the Thargoid scout. The professor recalls that it is unfortunate, but they can't resolve their difficulties without further live tests. On the fourth day of these live tests, the professor reported some progress. I regret the D1's test ended poorly, but we received the information we needed. Subject D2's test used the recalibrated couplings. Her introduction to the Thargoid vessel proceeded smoothly, and as with A7, the hull's external frame responded visually. Dr. Pierce and Dr. Hamlin witnessing both reported D2 as responsive. 76 seconds into the test, the craft powered down once more. D2 departed the craft with help but standing the sight of which inspired applause from the team on the ground. D2 is now in the infirmary, exhausted but physically unharmed. Her brief statement implied a connection with the vessel which proved emotionally difficult to process. Shortly after this test, subject D-2 disappeared. Professor Thorne muses about what might have happened to her. As only one ship, piloted by Commander Highford, has left the base, he notes that black flight operatives would track him down and destroy him and his ship. But Thorne had more important concerns. The research team finally achieved a human-controlled flight of a Thargoid vessel. There has been considerable progress in our work. After an initially unremarkable series of tests, Subject H-8 successfully interfaced with the Thargoid vessel. 93 seconds into the test, the craft moved approximately 18 feet from its docking props and hovered in place. The flight was stable and accompanied by a gentle hum. I would describe the sound as subdued, as though the vessel had been brought to heel at last. The landing, 28 seconds later, was abrupt, but only superficial damage was sustained. H8 is unconscious, but stable, under the care of the medical team. Unfortunately for the professor, the Thargoid scout seems to be more than superficially damaged. Perhaps its power supply had been depleted, as it refused to respond at all in further experiments. Professor Dawn was forced to suspend testing until another ship could be captured. He sent Black Flight to System HIP 22460, where Thargoid activity appeared to be high. This was also the time at which that system, which had been freely accessible, now had a permit lock applied.
Thorne mentions the first publicly reported contact with an alien vessel by Commander D.P. Sayer in the Ares Dark Region XU-0 B-63, which was in January 3303. The recent report of a commander encountering a Thargoid vessel in the Pleiades is intriguing. I only hope this was not a singular event or some misunderstood data. Thargoid vessels scouting human space would significantly improve our chances of capturing one of their ships. In his final log, Dawn mentions his sponsor. The witch will not be pleased with the lack of tangible results, despite our initial progress. It's unclear who this witch is, but it seems that she's been giving the orders. Dawn signs off with a little prayer to the gods to assist in Project Seraph's research, which is so vital to save humanity. All Project Seraph needs is a little luck. I am not so proud as to withhold a prayer asking for that luck. Perhaps the gods will smile upon us. In the next episode, we will examine what's been discovered in HIP 22460, where the Black Flight was sent to capture a second Thargoid scout. <laughs>